Welcome to Take Your Stand, the podcast of Here I Stand Ministries. I'm your host, Luke Seibert. Let's explore more of what it means to live out the gospel by clinging to the Word and to one another. Welcome to Season 2 of the podcast. I'm real excited to start this season as we begin looking about the Bible in itself. What is the Bible? Where did it, where did it come from? And ask questions like these. And for me, my majority with this began back in high school, really. I was beginning to, to well, I was a believer at the time, but I wanted to really begin to study the faith and understand for myself, how do I know that this is true? Not just this is what my church has said, this is what my family has said, but how can I grow in certainty that what the Bible says is true? And so I began to, to look at several different things and to grow in my faith. And part of that involves studying how did we get the Bible? You know, what is the Bible? And how did it come to us? Who were the major figures and players in that history, specifically of the Bible coming to us in English? And as we begin to, to really delve in this into really find a passion for studying about how we got the Bible and the issues involved in translation, which can be really complicated and unfortunately can be really emotionally charged. There's, there's a lot of debates that are taking place which uh, shouldn't necessarily have to happen. And uh, But it's, it's a fascinating to study to think about how, to, to, to look at how, uh, to, to borrow the words from Norman Giesler, the title of his book, How We Got the Bible, From God to Us. And so I'm hoping to, I'm excited about being able to share some of these things over this uh, season. Not sure how long this one will last, but we'll go at it, look, taking a little bit chunk each time and looking at this from a different aspects or looking at some different figures or or men and women that men that God has used to to bring his word uh, to the to the people and to various languages th throughout time and then that leads into the translations that we have today but all of that is just kind of some introduction but we got to start with the basics you know get back to the foundation with the first question we should ask about the bible is whose word is it you know there's theories out there propagated by things like the Da Vinci Code and others that the Bible is a man-made creation. And we say it's the Word of God, but how do we know that? Uh, how, how can we believe that this really is God's Word? Well, we'll, we'll look at several different aspects of that uh, starting this week and Lord willing carrying that into the following week. But one of the clearest passages in, in Scripture about itself is uh, 2 Timothy Verse chapter 3, verses 15 through 16. And Paul, he's writing to his protege, Timothy, and he's encouraging him. And he says that from childhood, that you, you have known the sacred writings, which are able to give you the wisdom leading to salvation through, through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for a reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. And just there is so much packed into that, but what we really want to zero in on is verse 16 there, which says, All scripture is inspired by God, or is given by inspiration, is God breathed, different translations rendered different ways. It's not inspiration in the sense that we think that you know an artist saw a sunset and he was inspired by that to write a to to, to make a a, a port to well, to to make a painting or a, or a, to use color pencils or whatever you want to do you know watercolors whatever um, acrylics 
I don't know are you probably could tell that but the idea of inspiration all oh, that inspired me to go and make this that's not the inspiration that we're given the word that's translated inspired is God breathed he breathed it out and scripture shares more about how God did that which we'll look at here in a few moments but it's important to recognize that it says all scripture not parts of scripture not only those parts of scripture that make you feel closer to God or only the or only the New Testament, or only parts dealing dealing with salvation. Um, there's no subset or a theory of a canon within a canon. All Scripture is inspired by God, and that's that's an important foundation for us to, to recognize. And that is God breathed. That is comes from God. This man did not make it up. But that's not just the New Testament. Psalm one nineteen verse eighty nine. It, the psalmist writes, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. That, yes, God has revealed it through men. It's been written down. It's been recorded. It's been, it's been uh, preserved here on earth. Time and time again, man has tried to destroy it, and they cannot. That God has preserved it over and over and over again. He will preserve his word. But even if we could destroy it, even if the Bible could be completely wiped off the face of the earth, it's settled forever in heaven. That God's word, the truth that God has revealed, the truth about God himself, um, about the creation, uh, everything that he's revealed, the only way of salvation, it's secure in heaven. And God will not allow it to be to, to be destroyed. It is, it is settled firmly, and it did not originate here on earth. It's from, it's from God who is in heaven. Another key passage is First Peter chapter ten, First uh, Peter chapter one. Excuse me, verses ten through twelve. And in the context leading up to this, Peter is just rejoicing so much in the, in the salvation we have through the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the grace is brought to us. How even our trials are producing in us a, a, a good that God is using them for our good. To result in praise and honor and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, that we rejoice with a joy um, inexpressible and full of glory, that all of this is a result of the salvation that we have. And so, picking up in verse ten, Peter writes this. He says, "As to the salvation, the prophets who uh, prophesied of the grace that would come to you made careful searches and inquiries, seeking to know what person or time." The Spirit of Christ within them was indicating, as he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow, it was revealed to them that they were not uh, serving themselves, but you. In these in uh, these things, which now have been announced to you by those who by those who preach the gospel to to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Things in which angels long to look. And the key idea there is that the prophets wrote as the Holy Spirit within them moved them to write. That they didn't come up with this. They, At times they didn't fully understand the full implications of the prophecies they were given. This is speaking specifically of the prophets. Um, and specifically of the messianic prophecies or the prophecies that pointed to the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus wasn't fully revealed in the Old Testament. And so the, the prophets were saying, okay, I, I, they knew what God was telling them to write. And they wrote that, but they were trying to understand, trying to ascertain what the spirit within them was was indicating, what he was, why he was having them write what he did, 
why the spirit was moving them in the way that he did. But what was also key here to recognize is that, that God was was communicating his message through men for a people that for people that were to come. That it says that they were they were serving not themselves but you, and referring to New Testament believers and referring to us who have the f- full revelation of God uh, through the New Testament and well and the Old Testament as well. But the prophets had the Old Testament at least part of it as the as progressive revelation and more prophets continue to write than the the full Old Testament canon came into be. But we we have God's full revelation and and. That God has revealed Himself through that, and that He that they these prophecies excuse me from excuse me these prophecies that they were written in the Old Testament didn't come from men. They the Holy Spirit moved them to write, and even if they didn't fully understand it, the Holy Spirit was the one who was behind it. It's important to recognize. Uh, similar passage is Romans chapter one verses one and two, where Paul starts right off. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, uh, excuse me, Paul, a bondservant of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle, set apart for the gospel of, of God, which he prophesied beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Again, God speaking through men to communicate his message for a time yet to come. That there was pointing to the Lord Jesus Christ and that ultimately the message originated from God. Yes, there were human agents involved that the Bible didn't just just come down from heaven, you know, fully written out, that he moved men. God used men to carry out his plan in recording his message. Man didn't come up with it. It's God's message, but he, he used men to, to pin it down. And then one of the, the most fascinating uh, passages is about how we got about the Bible being God's word is Second Peter chapter 1. Verses twenty through twenty-one. This is this one gets really exciting, but but no, Paul, excuse me, Peter is talking about his own experience with seeing the Mount of Transfiguration. He's trying to ex- explain to his readers to help them understand we're not making this up. We didn't we didn't follow cleverly devised tales. He says we saw we we were there. We were eyewitnesses. You can you can believe this. This is true. But then he goes on and says that we haven't even more sure word through through scripture is what he says in the verses to come and he clear he um, gives this warning but he says but know this first of all that no prophecy of scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation for no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will but men moved by the holy spirit spoke from god as a powerful passage he's saying we're not free to come up with what the meaning of Scripture, what we think the meaning of Scripture is. The men who God used to write Scripture, they didn't come up with the message. It wasn't their own choice to, you know, I'm going to sit down and write this letter and here are some good ideas that make sense to me. Or I've heard some of these other people say similar things. And so, yeah, I'm going to take here a, bit, here a little bit from there and kind of blend it into my own, own style or my own uh, version of it. No. That the Holy Spirit worked through them and says that he moved these men to write. Now, what is what's so fascinating about this this word? Um, I'm reading my notes. Sorry. What's so fascinating about this word "moved" is that it, is, it comes from a cross reference in Acts 27, verse 15. There, Paul and his companions are on a ship. He's being taken to Rome, 
and they are caught in this terrible storm. And the sailors are trying everything they can do to, to, to keep control of the ship, and it is not working. And finally, in Acts 27:15, they they let go. They drop. They drop this. They pull the sails and let the wind just be driven by the storm. Now that word "driven" or "carried along," as it may be translated, is the same Greek word "moved." And Charles Ryrie is the one who pointed that out when I, in his book that is where I first saw is where I saw that first saw. In that the yes, the Holy Spirit moved them. Yes, the men were conscious. They weren't just scribes. He just the Holy Spirit dictated it, and and they wrote down. It. But but God worked through. God worked through men to communicate His message. Message that He carried them along. And exactly how that worked, we're not sure. But what we do know is that God moved the men. That He worked directly through them by His Holy Spirit to communicate His message. They didn't. This is not a product of, of man. It is is God. And so the answer to who whose word is it is that it's it's God's word. It's his message to the world, to his people, yes, but even more, because the faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ, as Roman tells us. The Holy Spirit will will use this um, in a person's life. You use the word to awaken in them a sense of their need to recognize their need for a savior, to show them the path of salvation. How often he'll use other men to help to just share that, but we're our foundation for sharing that truth is the word of God. We're not free to come up with our own ideas or our own explanations of how to get to God. God has revealed himself through scripture, through the Bible. And we must recognize that it is his word. But he, he chose to use men. He used about 40 men, from the best we can gather, over about a 1,600-year period from the time that the early book, earliest books were written. I believe that Job probably was the earliest book written. And, of course, we have the Pentateuch, uh, Genesis through Deuteronomy. It's early and then to the, the last book uh, is the book of Revelation. It was probably written sometime in the... It was probably it was written later in John's life, um, perhaps in the late 90s is when uh, we believe that it was probably written uh, along with his gospel was written in the 90s as well under some intense persecution that was going on in the church at that time but over that entire that entire span god was working to communicate his message and it is one message you don't have contradictory parts that say this is how you get saved and then it completely turns and reverses another book and then a conflict and then saying this is who god is and then another epistle saying he's someone totally different no if you, when we read scripture we see that it is one unified message one whole and how it shares god's story of redemption how he is the creator of all things he created man and in fellowship with him man fell disobeyed man and woman we they, they both adam and eve they fell they broke that fellowship and then right there from the very beginning god promised a redeemer in genesis 3 and then the entire story of the Bible, the rest of Scripture, is how God was working that out. How God was move, revealing himself to man by the words it came to the prophets, as it came to uh, different men that, that he raised up to communicate his, to, to speak his message to the people, to write it down, to preparing the way for the Messiah, and then how the, the apostles... They communicate the message more fully, explaining it more about Jesus and how uh, 
his teaching impacts our lives, should direct our lives. And we have the book of Revelation uh, remind us of when the act of redemption is complete. That yes, it was unsettled, our salvation is secure, but the, the final act of what that pointed to is when we are taken home to be with him forever and we are in perfect, complete fellowship with him for eternity. The story of redemption and all of scripture points to that. It all points to the Lord Jesus Christ and what he is doing to bring us home to himself. And so that's the, the overarching uh, theology of, about scripture. About that, Yes, it is God's word to us. He raised up men. The Holy Spirit carried them along. He moved them. He didn't just dictate. He didn't let them be free to come with their own ideas. Yes, he, he used men. Their own individual styles and personalities are evident. And when you read it, that they each have their own unique style that, you know, uh, the epistles of Peter read differently than the epistles of John or the epistles of Paul or the Gospels. There's different genres of scripture, which... Uh, that's, an, that's another topic for another time. But that these passages of Scripture, and there are others, but these are some of the main ones, describe our overall view of Scripture, that it is God's Word. But this isn't just a, an overarching passage of Scripture about, about the Bible, that yes, all of it's God's Word. But there's specific instances where we see God telling, commanding men to write this down, to, to write this for His people. And Lord willing, we'll get into that next week. We looked at the kind of the broad view this week, and we'll beginning to dig into the more specifics of how God uh, commanded men to to write down His word. All right, and then in terms of the book this week, is one of my favorite books is the King James Only Controversy by James White, and this was uh, extremely formative in my own life, especially when I was about. 15, 14, 15, 14 through 16, that time period, I forget exactly when I read it, but in there was, was a, my introduction to how we got the Bible, really, and studying that and getting to the familiar with the different terminology and that's, that's used in the discussion. Uh, some of the arguments are presented from different sides. I hate to have to, have to use that, but it, sometimes it can seem like an argument, which shouldn't be, but it's just an excellent book that is... Just, it's divided the two parts. The first part is just describes the issues involved in translation, the history of the Bible, uh, very calmly answering some of the uh, challenges that are raised about, about the issue of translations, about whether we use the King James, only whether other translations are acceptable. He, White does a superb job in answering these questions without, without throwing darts at certain people without attacking others' position, we just clearly not hear the facts and, and laying them out. It's not an overly technical read. Uh, part one isn't, and that's the majority of the book, but it's an, it just an, it's a, it, it was it had a great impact upon my life, and I've read it, uh, just finished reading it again uh, a few weeks, maybe about a month or so ago, and just really encouraged as I read it again and would highly recommend it to others. Part two of the book is much shorter, and it is technical. It gets into the Greek of the what might be called the problem passages, or the issues that are that are often the passages that are most often pointed to in the uh, King James debate, and really digging into is about here's these different manuscripts. They say this. Here's the evidence for why it's been translated this way. Uh, here, different why the word is like this, and the King James compared to others. Why these and just. And just really digging into if you really want to see the evidence here it is and 
which is good. Yeah, I, I read it. I didn't fully understand everything he was talking about in there, but was able to kind of get a, a gist of some of the points he was talking about. And there's other resources that we can look up to see some of these issues that he, he's presenting there in, in part two. But even if you don't read that, even if you do just read part one, I forget how many chapters it is, but it's a, it's a decent length book. Um, but again, it's not overly technical. He, he just walks you through the discussion, explaining terms and helping you to try to understand broadly what is really at, what is really going on here. How do we get the Bible? And so that there are other books upon the same subject, but if you could only read one, if you only want to read one, this is the book that I recommend. It's the King James Only Controversy by James White. And we're not. I'm not always going to have a third section of the podcast being kind of reflecting upon that. And I want to focus on the history of how we got the Bible and what that means and issues of translation because that's so foundational. That's even more foundational at time, I believe, for understanding than for even the different approaches or methods of Bible study. Yes, Bible study is important. But if we don't know what we're studying or why we're studying it or why it should have an impact upon our lives, uh, we're not going to approach it the same way as if we do have that knowledge. So that's I want to focus upon that. Uh, I'll be sharing about some books dealing with this topic. Um, I mentioned uh, From God to Us by Norman Giesler at the beginning of the podcast episode. or hopefully review that one here in a future podcast. Uh, there's other books that I've read on the subject. Also, we've read some other books I've been, I've been reading Um some reading some books right now by Paul David Tripp. Uh, really can, can be quite convicting, but it's excellent book so far. Sharing those, maybe occasionally have some, some novels in there, and then have some podcasts, and then have some guests. Um, not sure how often. We'll have some. I'll have uh, one scheduled up here in a, about a month or so, and then we'll have some other ones. And then maybe about uh, books that the guest has written, maybe about uh, topics of scripture. But how we maybe it's the specific way that we apply scripture in a church setting or in, or in the, how we live in the community, just as the Lord leads as we I set up with guests. But that's a little bit about going forward. Just wanted to share that. But I appreciate people listening to the podcast. I'm excited to go through this season with you all and sharing more about how we got the Bible and how we can have faith that the translations that we have today truly are the Word of God. Man didn't come up with it, it came from God. And God has preserved his word and guided men. So what we have today truly is his message to us. And so again, thanks for listening to the podcast. And until our next episode, read the word and take your stand. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope it was an encouragement and a blessing. To find out more information about Here I Stand Ministries, check out hisministries.com. Scripture quotations are from the NASB, the New American Standard Bible, Copyright 1971-1995 by the Lockman Foundation. Used by permission. All rights reserved.